welcome to Telling Future Generations, the radio ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship of Illinois. Now here's your host, Dr. Katrina Forseth, a missionary serving as state director of CEF of Illinois. Hi, and thanks for listening to Telling Future Generations. Last week on our program, we were looking at Nehemiah chapter 5, where there was a big internal family disunity dispute that broke out among God's people. It was caused by internal squabbling over food, money, taxes, houses, and lands, and unlawful usury, which is interest charged on top of debt, which is akin to financial slavery, which was absolutely forbidden by God's law to be practiced in relationship with one another among the Lord's people. Nehemiah, the appointed leader and governor of the land, when he heard about this explosive dispute, he refused to let this injustice among the people stand. Nehemiah quickly called out the sin problem and the utter breaking of God's law. Then he laid out for the people specific steps to resolve the problem to move the people from internal family disunity to restored family unity. The three specific steps were straightforward. Step one, Model redemption. In other words, you are the redeemed people of God, so act like it. As God's redeemed people, we are to forgive the debts of others just as God has redeemed and forgiven us. Step two, keep your promise. As God's redeemed people, we are to keep our promise to forgive the sin debt of others owed to us and refuse to go back on our promise, our commitment, our vow before holy God to forgive just as God has not gone back on his promise to forgive us. And step three, reflect God's grace. We are to give grace to others, giving them grace for grace. Just as God has provided abundant grace to us and shown us grace, so we are to reflect God's grace and provide abundant grace to others, showing them grace by our words and by our actions, being a reflection of God's grace, giving grace for grace. Now, what's interesting here in Nehemiah chapter 5 is that Nehemiah didn't just use his position of authority as a head of the people to just bark out commands for the people to follow. Rather, these specific steps that's laid out path to restore family unity was a living example to the people that flowed out from the very life of Nehemiah. First of all, Nehemiah himself modeled redemption, and we see that very clearly here in Nehemiah chapter 5 and specifically verse 8, that Nehemiah, he used his wealth, his provisions that he had to model redemption, to pay for, to forgive the debts of the people that he didn't owe, but he wanted to do that to set as many people as he could debt-free. Verse 8 says, Nehemiah said, we, after our ability, have redeemed our brethren the Jews, which were sold unto the heathen, and will you even sell your brethren, or shall they be sold unto us? Then the people, they held their peace and found nothing to answer him. In other words, Nehemiah didn't just tell the people to model redemption and forgive the debt of others. No, Nehemiah himself modeled redemption and forgave the debt of others willingly, even at cost of many shekels and several talents of silver to do it. Second of all, Nehemiah, he kept his promise and forgave others with no going back or or the slightest regret or, or any strings attached, and he promised and kept his promise to forgive. Nehemiah goes on to say in verses 9 to 10 that he himself could exact usury and charge the people that he redeemed interest, but he refused to do that. He refused to do so and to go back on his promise. Well, why? because he feared God. In verse 9 and 10, Nehemiah said, It is not good that you do. Ought you not to walk in the fear of our God because the reproach of the heathen are enemies? I likewise and my brethren and my servants might exact of them money and corn. I pray you, let us leave off this usury. You know, this verse in Nehemiah is the why behind the what. Why should you and I keep our promise to forgive others? Not because of the fear of man, 
but out of a reverent fear of holy God. Right after this, Nehemiah made the people actually stand up and make a vow before holy God to keep their promise to forgive. In other words, Nehemiah was serious about keeping his promise to forgive the debt of others, just as we should be. If God forgave us of all of our sin debt, absolutely and completely in Christ, then that is how God wants us in Christ Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us to forgive the sin debt of others against us absolutely and completely with no going back or the slightest hint of any strings attached. Nehemiah not only modeled redemption and kept his promise to forgive others, but also third, Nehemiah he reflected God's grace to others, not just by his pledge of committed words, but by his continuous actions. The remaining verses of Nehemiah chapter 5, verses 14 through 19, is Nehemiah giving a personal account, a personal record, while looking back on his first 12 years serving as the governor, how he continued to give grace to others by not requiring of them what he could have required, but also by abundantly providing for them at his table, seeking just to be a blessing to his people, by reflecting God's grace to others. Let's look at what it says in verse 14 through 19. It says, Moreover, from the time I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year even unto the two and 30th year of Artaxerxes, a king, that is 12 years, I and my brethren have not eaten the bread of the governor. But the former governors that had been before me were chargeable unto the people, and had taken of them bread and wine, beside forty shekels of silver. Yet even their servants bear rule over the people, but so did not I, because of the fear of God. Yea, I also continued in the work of this wall, neither bought we any land, and all my servants were gathered unto the work." Moreover, there were at my table a hundred and fifty of the Jews and rulers, besides those that came unto us from among the heathen that are about us. Now that which was prepared for me daily, Nehemiah goes on to say, was one ox and six choice sheep. Also fowls were prepared for me, and once in ten days store of all sorts of wine. Yet for all this required not I the bread of the governor, because the bondage was heavy upon this people." Then Nehemiah prays, think upon me, my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. Well, what does all this mean? Well, how does Nehemiah's example here of giving grace to others by not requiring of the people and at the same time providing abundantly for the people, what does that mean to us? It means simply this, that we are to reflect God's grace by giving grace for grace. As God has given grace to us by not requiring of us what he could have required and abundantly providing for us when we were unable to provide for ourselves, so we are to do the same for others, even in the midst of an internal family disunity dispute. We, as the Lord's people, are to be a vessel of God's grace to bring God's desire for restored family unity by how? By giving to others, not tit for tat or whack for whack or sin for sin, but rather grace for grace. Why? Because God has not required of us what he could have required, but has instead abundantly provided for us in Christ Jesus all that we need, God's grace to you. You know, when someone hurts you, first stop and think about what God has done for you in Christ Jesus, and instead, give grace for grace. When someone speaks evil about you, give grace for grace. When someone is impatient with you and jumps to all the wrong conclusions about you or majorly gets on your nerves or is greatly annoyed by you, stop and remember how God has given grace to you and give to them instead undeserved, unearned grace for grace. We are to reflect God's grace by giving grace to others as God has given grace to us by not How? By not requiring of us and abundantly providing for us in Christ. 
You know, it's here in Nehemiah chapter 5 that Nehemiah most reflects the greater Nehemiah, the greater governor, and the greater redeemer of the people, who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Nehemiah, we actually see characteristics, actually three characteristics compared to Christ. First, Nehemiah, he did not require. Just as Nehemiah by right could have charged the people and required of them what they were unable to pay, so our Lord Jesus could have charged us and required of us what we were unable to pay, our great debt of sin owed against holy God. Second, Nehemiah gave himself willingly. Just as Nehemiah gave himself willingly and rejected the offer of silver for sacrificial service, So our Lord Jesus Christ gave himself willingly in exchange for the accepted silver and sacrificial service. And third, Nehemiah provided abundantly for his people. As Nehemiah provided for his people abundantly as his table, serving 150 of his servants daily, plus others, abundant bread and the choicest wine. So our Lord and Savior has provided abundantly for his people at his table, providing himself as the broken bread and the poured out wine and invites all of his people to come to his table daily and dine. But just as we see the three characteristics of Nehemiah compared to Christ, so we also see three contrasts of Nehemiah compared to Christ that leaves any comparison to our Lord and Savior fallen greatly short. First in this passage in Nehemiah chapter 5, we see that Nehemiah could only redeem some of his people and some of their lands. You see, Nehemiah's resources were limited and finite, but Christ's resources are unlimited and eternal. Christ redeems all of his people who are given unto him by the Father and gives to us all the promises of God fulfilled in him, including our eternal promised land. Second, Nehemiah could only provide abundantly at his governor's table for some of his servants, and only some of the time, 150 servants to be exact, at dinner time. Whereas Christ our Redeemer, by his abundant mercy and grace, provides for all of his people, for all of his servants, providing all that we need in him for all time. And third, we see Nehemiah at the end of chapter 5 seeks to do only good for the people before God, and that in itself is good and to be commended. Nehemiah was a good and great governor in many ways, but the scriptures make it abundantly clear from cover to cover that there is only one who is good because he is not only the greater Nehemiah, but because Christ himself is holy God come in the flesh, who is the only one qualified to be our Redeemer. Christ alone is good because Christ alone is God's Son. And through his perfect life lived for us and his atoning death and resurrection achieved for us, he is able to redeem us and impart to us his goodness and his perfect righteousness by faith alone in him so that we can stand before holy God forgiven and have our great debt of sin paid in full. In other words, what Nehemiah failed to do and could never do, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did all for us. Even though Nehemiah in many ways in chapter 5 reflects our Savior, there is only one true governor and Lord of the people, and there is only one Redeemer in the story, and that is Christ, our Redeemer. The answer to internal disunity within our families, and especially within the family of God, His people, has only one answer. We need a Redeemer, and there's just one who is qualified and who is able to redeem his people completely, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. But stunningly, amazingly, God calls us, his people, whom he has redeemed, to be a living example of our Redeemer. Well, how? By modeling redemption, keeping our promise to forgive others, and reflecting our Redeemer by giving grace to others, even in the midst of disunity, by not requiring of them what we could have required, and abundantly providing for them instead, giving them grace for grace. 
I know it's not Christmas time anymore, but I often think of one of my favorite songs that is sometimes played on the radio during the Christmas season that I just really enjoy and love to hear. And it's a Christian contemporary Christmas song called How Many Kings. The song How Many Kings reminds me of Nehemiah's comparison to Christ. Nehemiah may have been a good governor or even a great governor and reflected by his example some qualities of the greater Nehemiah. But Nehemiah, when paired side by side, pales in comparison to Christ. The chorus of the song, How Many Kings, asks this question. It says, how many kings have stepped down from their thrones? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? And how many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that is torn all apart? And how many fathers gave up their sons for me? Only one did that for me. All for you, all for you, and all for you, and all for me. Praise God, we do have a forever living Redeemer who is our example, and praise God that he has given to us the privilege of reflecting him, our Redeemer, as we live together in gospel unity with our family, our loved ones, and our fellow believers in Jesus Christ. There can be restored family unity because Christ is our Redeemer, and so we in turn, because of his work of redemption in our lives, are simply to be a reflection of him. Christ, our Redeemer. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us again next week through our journey through Nehemiah. Until then, may the Lord bless. Thank you for joining us today for Telling Future Generations, the radio ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship of Illinois. To learn how you can partner with Child Evangelism Fellowship to reach children in your community, please call 309-688-9699 or visit cefofillinois.com. Please join us again next week at the same time for Telling Future Generations.